0: Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. And this episode, you're about to listen to is part of our significant four podcast series on navigating difficult conversations. Today, we're talking about managing high emotions and high stakes conversations. So if you think about a difficult conversation you just had, or you're about to have, the emotions and the stakes are probably pretty high. And then add to that mix a difference of opinion. Well, this episode is really going to be helpful and bring some of those examples to life because we are talking with Shana Bixma and deals with what she calls the trifecta of emotionally charged conversations because what she deals with is a state law. Talk about high emotions, high stakes, and very often that difference of opinion. One, those emotions are deep and triggered by this life event. Two, there's all kinds of unaddressed family issues that come out now. And lastly, money or emotional possessions are at stake. So listen in for some great insights and examples on how Shana prepares and manages family members at this emotional moment. And remember, this is the first time that Shana is meeting them. We also discovered in this episode that Shana is... The emotional detective, because she's able to explore what lies behind the words, the clues, and the cues as they relate to the client's motivation to get to the root cause. A little bit more about our guest, Shayna Bixma is the founder of Bixma Law, and she is an estates, real estate, and business law lawyer. Shayna's career journey in law has taken her from one of the largest law firms in Canada to one of the smallest law firms in the country before starting her own firm in 2018. And now with clients that she deals with, are dealing with these high emotional circumstances, Shayna is able to carefully and expertly remain focused on her role as a lawyer while balancing compassion, empathy, and kindness to her clients. Let's meet Shayna. Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, Shayna Bixbach.
1: Hello, Joel. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here today.
0: Such an, well, I'm happy to have you here too, because this is such an interesting topic. We're going to be talking about managing the high emotions and managing the high stakes of a state law. So first question, Shana, is why is a state law such high emotions and such high stakes?
1: Well, in a nutshell, Joel, it's because you have the intersection of a few things that just really take emotion to a very heightened level. With a state law, uh, and I'm speaking specifically about either a state administration or a state litigation. So someone has passed away,
2: mm-hmm. or
1: someone has lost the capacity to manage their own affairs for themselves. Either way, that's triggering for loved ones because now their loved one, who's typically a parent in most cases, okay. is not who they used to be. You know, right. they're not able to make decisions. And then there's the grieving of that loss of that person right. or the person has passed away. So there's, you know, obvious grief mixed in with unaddressed dysfunctionality in the family. Everybody has some degree of dysfunctionality, but these families tend to be, cases where it hasn't gone addressed for decades and it's festering. and thirdly the trifecta because there's always a trifecta okay there's money at stake right and it's not necessarily you know people with multi-million dollar estates if you have a single mortgage-free house or even a house with significant equity that the parent has um let alone any savings then suddenly loved ones often adult children will see dollar signs so you have grieving You have unaddressed family issues and you have money on the table. Talk about emotions being thrown through the roof Right, and now you have a highly volatile situation emotionally.
0: I love that it's also trifecta because that is such a high amount of volatility. On top of that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Then, and you have no history with this family. Like you're just all of a sudden meeting these people when they're at this level of emotion, where um, as you said, there's the the dysfunction within their communications. They they've been not speaking about certain things, and then all of a sudden things have come up. Plus, there's the fact that they're they're grieving. Yes. Um, is that is that right? You're just meeting them at this at that moment.
1: Absolutely. You could almost say I'm meeting them at their worst. Right. Uh, in terms of they are at their lowest. In terms of uh, they're in a high conflict situation with typically a sibling or another close family member. Maybe it's a stepmother. And uh, yeah, they're not thriving. They are emotional. They may not necessarily be open to reason right away
0: because
2: mm.
1: they are in the cloud. Understandable cloud of their own emotions and their own sense of what's right and wrong. And, uh, and I have to take them from that to a resolution and it is a journey. It doesn't happen right away
0: okay well you know as you said not open to reason and and uh difficult to distinguish between right or wrong and here you are a lawyer and in legal terms so I'm just wondering I have two questions my first question is how do you prepare yourself for that meeting knowing that uh you know logic and the law might might not be the first thing that comes out of your mouth so how how do you how do you prepare yourself for this
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, there's less preparation nowadays than there were in the earlier days of my practice because, you know, you become more used to the dynamics. But in a nutshell, it's always reminding myself Mm -hmm. I am their legal counsel, assuming that they're already retaining us to do the matter. Then I am their legal counsel. I'm their lawyer. I am not their counselor. Right. And those are two very critical distinctions that you have to make. And it's tough because they can blend very well into each other. Because you often have, as we were just saying, people that are, you know, I'm either on a Zoom call with them or right. sitting face to face at a table. There can often be tears. You know, these are hurtful moments for them. And they're coming to me because they need me to advocate for them and to get them to a resolution that they can either live with or that, you know, ideally gets them what they want. So you have to balance being empathetic. Listening, coming across as caring, because you do. I genuinely care about all my clients as persons, but I have to put a line on that. Right. I can't start then giving like life advice or anything like that that I may be tempted to do. Right. um, That's not my hat. If I start to go into that, then not only am I, you know, blurring lines in terms of what I've been hired to do, but then you can take on an emotional burden yourself
2: that Mm -hmm. can
1: start to burn out because there are lawyers in other fields of law who do burn out especially you know family law has a high rate of burnout because then you may internalize your client's case and then you have to develop your own coping mechanisms for that um so those take i think more preparation than if you just remember this is my role this is my lane be caring be empathetic but don't cross that line. And sometimes you have to ask your your client the hard questions. You know, I'm listening to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm assessing the merits of their case, and if they have something, if they have a leg to stand on or not. Right. So I may have to ask some blunt questions of them, and couch it that you know I'm not meaning to be insensitive. Please don't think that's the case. But the law right. only grants you a remedy in xyz situations and i'm not certain that your case falls under that remember we have a legal system it's not a justice system so i have to ask you some questions to see if you have any legal merit to what you're saying because you know the laws not going to be able to give you everything that you want and so balancing that listening but yeah. sticking to your role is so key
0: well the the balance is is so important and i like this it's it's something that's um uh from the book called Crucial Conversations, and they talk about say about talking tentatively versus speaking in absolutes. So, mm-hmm. what you're saying about couching it is, is uh I'm not I don't want to sound insensitive, um, you know, and this is why I'm going to be asking you these questions. And so that's talking tentatively, which is kind of giving a bit of a context, uh, the, the emotions around it, and versus speaking in absolutes, which might be, I need to ask you three questions right now, and I need three answers. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I guess what you've learned. Here is um you know the, the other piece was that empathy is doesn't mean that you have to uh share in their emotion because then it makes it very difficult for you to 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 sort of go home at night in a sense and also it blurs the line for them.
1: Yes, exactly. You want to make it clear what your role is, and oftentimes these people may benefit from meeting with a therapist, right? Or a counselor, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. something like that. And so if that's the case, then Absolutely. If they're not already meeting with somebody, then I can provide them with some referrals to excellent people who can help them with right. that part of their journey. But that's yeah. not my role. But it's something you have to remind yourself because it's easy to get into that, especially when you know, your heartstrings are tugged because you feel so much for what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and you have to remember, stay in your lane.
0: Stay, in, stay, your stay lane. in your lane. Well, this is good because people always struggle with empathy in, in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially leaders uh, struggle with empathy in business because, um, you know, I don't want to be their friend. <laughs> I don't want to be their therapist. I'm still yeah. their leader, but I still want to be able to show compassion and understanding of what they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the best is definition for this is what they call cognitive empathy which yeah. is I could I could see that this is important to the other person so I'm going to acknowledge it yeah. but it's not going to be sort of this uh what they call compassionate empathy which is I'm all heart and no uh no logic and I'm going to absolutely you know side with them and we're going to spend the afternoon uh just sort of delving into the emotion so this was a great example Shana, of how to, as a leader in in business and how to still be empathetic Still be understanding, still be listening, still make the person feel, you know, that they trust you so that when you give them the logic, when you say the here's the law, they're open to hearing what you have to say. You're able to bring them down from the cloud, basically.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's something I do pride myself on. And a lot of clients have said that to me over the years is that, you know, especially if they met with other lawyers or worked with other lawyers before working with me in terms of the litigation context, I say, you know, one thing I never doubted was that you actually cared about me. You cared about my case right. and you made me feel as if I was important, that you saw me and that I mattered. And so I always thought that, you know, that, that means that I'm doing my job right. Yeah. Yes, I'm still staying in my lane, but I'm letting you know that I do care about what you're going through. These are the limitations of what I can do for you in terms of what the law allows, but I see you, I see yeah. what you're going through this is crappy. This is horrible. Um, But let me see what I can do to help you at least get through the legal wrangling of it. And then that way you're freed up to deal with the rest of it. So I think it's so important to strike that balance. So because people need to, people have a universal need, I think, to feel acknowledged and listened to and heard.
0: And, and I think that's, that's the, the recipe that you're, you're sharing here with us, which is um, if you want to deliver difficult news, uh, difficult information, complicated, potentially, information, and, and maybe even, even information you say that might have like a high level of emotion, like some people might not be getting what they're going to be getting, what, uh, but the first thing you have to do is you have to speak to their emotions first. You don't have to be sucked into it. You don't have to, you, you just recognize that. And I said, be authentic and say, well, you know, that is crappy. Like you don't have to try to be sugarcoated.
1: No, no, you don't have to. And I found what also helps as well in terms of resolution, because I believe the statistic is over 98% of estate litigation cases do settle before trial. And so when you keep that statistic in mind, only 2% will actually go on to a full-fledged trial. Mm. I often ask myself during the course of a litigation matter, um, what is it that my client really wants? Right. What What is it at the end of the day? Because sure, you know, in all of the pleadings, which are the legal materials that are filed, the documents that are drafted and filed by the lawyers for the court case, they say that they're looking for damages, you know, I don't know, half a million in damages and they want control over mom and dad's bank accounts or Whatever they want, their sibling kicked off from being the executor. They're challenging right. the you. Have all these specific legal solutions that they're seeking. But at the end of the day, saying, What is it that my client really wants? Maybe over the course of the file and my conversations with the client, it turns out, you know, they just want some of their childhood, you know, treasured mm. possessions back. Right. That when their mom died, their sibling took it in a box and chucked it somewhere. And they feel like that was the last straw on an already fractured relationship with their sibling and feeling as if they never mattered enough to the deceased parent. So then looking at that and saying, okay, well, if that sibling can get you those things back, will that bring the temperature down a bit? Oh yeah, it was was never about the money for me. It was about the principle. Okay, so if that's the principle for you, then let's have a chat with their lawyer and see Maybe we can facilitate something here that works and that actually gets to what you what's driving them. Yeah. And that that is a learned skill and something I think I'm continuing to develop, you know, but really seeing people for what's motivating them and then fashioning a solution that addresses that, which may go beyond what the law can provide for them.
0: Sheena, you are the emotion detective. You are the emotional detective. You're like, okay, someone says on the surface, you know, I-, I want, I want this brother or sister off, and they're out, and I want the whole house, and I want the boat, I want everything, and then you go, okay, I hear you, and then you, and then you go, hmm, time to put on my detective hat, and yeah. what's beneath the surface? What do they really want? And it turns out they just wanted the the photo album or something like that yeah, <laughs> the one something all the, that the photos
1: but it's important to them it drives yeah. them they feel so angry about that and that's what's driving oh. exactly emotional detective i think is a very good term for that
0: well that's you know and that's good for all of us and for to to really understand to not accept things that are on the surface mm-hmm. that there's a story there's always a story behind the headline uh, and, that's, and that's really what what it sounds like. In managing high emotions, high stakes, what people say on the surface is only about fi- that 15%, right? It's that 85%, the iceberg, you know. Uh, uh, Titanic idea.
2: iceberg, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. You only see, you only see 15%. But it's, that. it's what's underneath that's really good, causing all the damage and, and we don't see it. And so that's, that's where Shana Bixma and her team put on their emotional detective hats and go, let's, <laughs> or their scuba gear. And they go under and take a look.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's so important because that means a lot to clients because there are many lawyers out there who would say, well, these are your legal solutions and we're Mm going to railroad this thing all the way to trial because they want to maximize their earnings on the, on the file in terms of fees. Earnings are lovely, but at the end of the day, I want clients that are happy or at least satisfied with what they got that addressed the need. So that means that we end up resolving the file earlier because we tapped into at an earlier juncture what's driving them and we got that need met. And as a result, they were like, you know what? I don't need the headache of continuing litigation for the rest of it. I really got at the end of the day what I want and I got that admission from my sibling. You know, I'm good, I'm fine with that. That to me is success. Not necessarily racking up six figures on a file because you've run it all the way to trial. No, people that are happy with the result or can actually live with it comfortably, and feel as if they were heard, they were advocated for, they're given a voice because that's the right. tool that I'm able to bring to the table that I take for granted. I give them a voice mm-hmm. and I take what they're going through and distill it in a way that can be persuasive to the court and or can lead to a settlement with you know the other person uh, that yeah. actually what's driving them, so yeah.
0: It's, you know this is this is really like it's really long term thinking here. It's as opposed to short term thinking, I, I want this. All right, I'm gonna make sure you get that. It's like, well, no, that's not really what they want. And that's the, that's the same idea with uh, difficult conversations, which is uh, not to take things on the surface and maybe not to solve a problem because the problem is it hasn't actually been <laughs> sub- verbalized what the real problem is. And so we need to, as you said lower that temperature. To get to a dialogue where they where they feel heard and seen and now you can they hear the questions you're asking um Excellent. so and then you have a convert you can have a conversation to find out what's really important to them
1: absolutely absolutely you hit the nail on the head there it's a long term it's a it's not it doesn't happen right away yeah it does take some time to unveil itself but yeah. as, you, as long as you keep digging you will get to it
0: for sure well this is this is great we're gonna we're gonna take a break now when we come back uh, Sheena, we're gonna find out your failure. Ta-da! Moment. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> right, we'll, be, we'll be right back.
2: Hi, I'm Joy Newhold. As the president of the Great Canadian Training Consulting Company, I want to thank you for listening and let you know that we're listening to you as well. Thanks to your feedback, we've arranged this four-part series on dealing with difficult conversations. Our Navigating Difficult Conversations series is a part of our belief at Great Canadian Training that learning to be better communicators is an important trait in the workplace. As a listener to the podcast, we've prepared a special package offer just for you. Go to greatcanadiantraining.ca slash promo. There you can sign up for one of our upcoming Conflict Be Gone, Navigating Difficult Conversations public classes and receive a free 30 minute one-on-one coaching session with Joel to focus on your specific needs. Our Conflict Be Gone, Navigating Difficult Conversations course helps you take a confident approach to conversations by understanding how emotional triggers affect behavior and learn techniques that encourage collaboration and build trust. And while you're on the site, make sure to check out our other courses, free resources, free webinars, and everything else we provide on topics covering both software and soft skills. But now I better let you get back to the interview. Enjoy.
0: All right, we're back with Shana and all the discoveries that she is finding in in these emotional moments and high-stakes moments. Uh, Now, Shana, if you're ready, we have a little segment on our show that we like to call Failure. Ta-da! And so this is a moment in your in your business life, in your business journey, your business career, where there was maybe a moment that felt felt difficult at the time, maybe maybe felt like a failure at the moment, but in the end, was actually turned out to be a learning moment. So it went from ta-da to aha. So mm-hmm. if you're yeah. ready, if you could think of us, something you could share with us, that would be great.
1: Sure, sure. So this one that comes to mind readily has to do with your team. Okay. because like many business leaders who are listening to this podcast, um, you have it's, it's not just an army of one. you have some folks that you've hired that you're working with right so employees dealing with a performance related issue uh, with an employee, but where admittedly I overstepped in terms of um, you know, trying to in good faith, say to that employee, my expectation is that, based on what I'm seeing and based on what I know you're going through, uh, I don't see you being able to do X in this job. Right. Which she used to be able to do for context, but now for circumstances out of her control, she couldn't. Right. Um, but she took that, me saying, I don't think you're ever going to be able to do X again. Right. Which i said in good faith, yeah. but it came across as cold, It came across as blunt. I thought I was being a good business leader to her as her employer by setting her expectations about what's reasonably feasible in this position longer term. But she was quite hurt by that. She didn't say it right away, but she said it to me the next day. And uh, she also said that when I made that remark, she felt dispensable. She felt as if perhaps, Mm. you know, I'm putting limits on what she can achieve. She thinks she can do more. Right. and uh, and that she was perhaps now the most dispensable person on the team. And so that was a bit of a reckoning for me because I'm taking it back and thinking that wasn't my intention. That wasn't what I wanted to convey. I, I thought that I was doing you a favor by mm-hmm. setting your standards to be more realistic. Um, but uh, but no, that that wasn't my place. And so I thought about that and realized I apologized to her. And realize that I should have shown more empathy. Mm. And I probably thinking about it. It was a performance-oriented discussion. Right. Did I even need to mention that? Right. No. No, that probably wasn't something I needed to mention. I could have perhaps, you know, could just said we'll continue to observe how things go. You have circumstances beyond your control that are affecting your performance right now. Uh, let's watch and wait and see versus being you know, that person that says, I don't think you're going to get to point Z yeah. point anytime soon.
2: Right.
1: Uh, so learning how, it's always an evolving journey. It is. Especially when it's people that you're working with, your team, you want to keep morale up. You don't want people to feel flattened and yeah. flatter without intending to. So my intention did not, did not match the delivery to the right. recipient. Right. And uh, I may not have even needed to say that at all. And if I needed to say it, I could have definitely worded it better
0: thank you for sharing that that is that's a you know that is a great example and it's it's some things we, we all of us do uh unconsciously all the time uh not real you know we're we're, we're saying something that to us sounds clear because uh, we know what the intention as you said it was all in good faith but it's how it's received uh and, and courage, as uh, a uh, kudos to to this person that came up to you and actually gave you feedback on that if not you would never have known the impact and you both would have been she you know that 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 You know, there would have been silence, basically.
1: Exactly. And when you think about it, especially in today's world where there are many business owners who are struggling with employee retention.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: and so if they're losing people, this could have been someone that I may have unnecessarily lost if she hadn't addressed that with me. Because she could have said, well, you know what? My boss just said X. I'm not going to stick around. I'm going to look for another job.
0: I'm out of here. Yeah. But it yeah, said,
1: yeah, like you said, kudos to her for saying, you know what, I'm going to bring this up with her. And yeah. I would also like to think that that speaks to the dynamic that we've been fortunate to create in the firm so far where right. my team has felt comfortable previously. And I've encouraged them, you know, let's do a check in,
2: right.
1: um, you know, and uh, I'll let you know about any feedback in terms of improvement. Please let me know as well. Yes, I'm your boss, but there are always things that I could do better. So. On the flip side, I feel good that perhaps because of that habit I'd instilled with each of them yeah. that she felt comfortable in spite of how hurtful my comment was with bringing that up with me the next day. So um, it was a learning a learning uh, experience for sure, but it was also a perhaps a bit of a validation that you are doing some things right with this yeah. team. And now, just continue to get better and better. Be more empathetic. Listen more. Really think before you speak. It's hard in the moment, but yeah, really think before you speak
0: and you apologize that,
1: right away if, <laughs> if you mess it up.
0: <laughs> well, well same, same thing you've been doing with your clients, right? Is thinking about the the emotional impact of the, of the words, uh, and uh, and it sounds like. You've created an environment of, of safety and trust where when you said it like that, it actually felt out of the ordinary. And it's like, hmm, I should probably yeah. tell Shana that yeah. that wasn't working for me. Uh, and this was sort of out of the ordinary. And that person felt safe enough yes. to that knew that you would understand when they shared that with you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got it
0: well thank you this has been really such an, uh, an interesting episode and we learned so much about how to manage those high emotions manage high stakes uh, how to be empathetic uh, without being you know drawn into it but still make the person feel seen and heard through through your client examples and even through the the, the people on your team so Sheena if if people want to uh, connect with you or learn more about Sheena and your team uh, where can we where can you direct us to
1: Yes, absolutely. So you can go to our website, first of all, which is www.beaksmalaw.ca. And uh, you, there is an instant booking tab there if you would like to actually arrange a free consultation with a member of our team uh, to discuss you know, whether we can help you with something. And um, otherwise, you can also check out our firm's social media. We post a lot on there, including on our website as well with our blog. We answer a lot of frequently asked questions on our blog. So if you're curious Great. about questions about estate law or anything like that, check out our website check out our blog check out our firm's social media we also post you know some good general information there and uh otherwise our contact info is on our firm's website my email address our phone number for getting in touch with us directly
0: all at bigsmallaw.ca
1: all at the exact bigsmallaw.ca that's your ground central You can go from there
0: shana thank you so much for being a guest on the great canadian leadership podcast
1: excellent thank you so much for having me joel it's been quite a pleasure
0: thanks And now it's time for our three stars, No Trois Etoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you could start to put into practice. Number three, empathy, how much? There is a balance. Try not to take on the emotional burden. Don't get burnt out. You don't have to share the emotions. The most important thing about empathy is to acknowledge the other person's emotions. Number two, do you have to deliver difficult information? Well, Speak to their emotions first. This is what's top of mind for them. And then they're able to listen and be more open to hearing the details. And number one, what's motivating them? Put on your emotional detective hat. Be curious about what might lie behind the words or the actions. So, what's the next step? Well, if you're not sure where to apply these three stars in business or maybe even in life, try this in the next few days care. We can get lost in the interactions, but you do care. And remember, there's another person in front of you. And as Shana said, I see you and let me help you how best I can. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review even better. Subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources, or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting, or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode.